Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. You want your money to grow. You want to break the cycle of doing the same things over and over again with the same results. I hope you're shaking your head yes. If you are in search of becoming financially free, you need to know these five principles of personal finance with our guest, Curtis May. 
You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. If you couldn't tell from the opening clip, our guest, Curtis May, has a lot to say about how you should think about your money if you're in search of becoming financially free, which let's be real, we all are, right? That's why we're here. Curtis is the creator and owner of Practical Wealth Advisors and the host of the Practical Wealth Show podcast. And Curtis has been planning for individuals for more than 35 years. He's so passionate about helping his clients save money and really live the best life they can right now. In this episode, which by the way, I'm just going to give you a little caveat, you will need to listen to more than once to just I think let all of Curtis's tips and ideas really sink in. But in this episode, he is sharing his five principles of personal finance, the secret to truly achieving financial freedom, and three rules of investing that he thinks everyone needs to learn. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and I think it's time. Let's dive into the conversation. Curtis, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Shauna, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to... Tell you both things I know. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, I wanted to start here. You've been working with people for over 35 years, helping them save money, live their best life. What are some of the secrets, if you will? Maybe they're not so secrets uh, that you have to helping people kind of cross that bridge, financially speaking, to start living their best life. Like, what are what are they doing in order to get to that place? Yeah, you know, it's not a secret. It's just it's it's really fundamental. And uh, the one of this uh, the secret is that your most of the financial noise you hear out there tells you you're not smart enough. You don't have the time, the temperament, the training to manage your own money. And basically, in so many words. They say, give your money to us. But if you're not involved with it, where has that worked where you haven't studied, you know, learned stuff, been in control of of things? You know, where has that worked out favorably in any other area of your life? So why do it with your money? So the secret is you are two plus two is four. Okay. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's that complicated, but, you know, everybody goes to work for money. You need to know how money works. So there are principles, and this is what we teach, principle-based planning, that help clients become and remain financially free. So, you know, principles work no matter what. And so it's not about products. You know, it's about, you know, Jim Rohn used to say, most people don't have a money problem. They have a philosophy problem. And, you, you know, and it's how they think. So when you get a dollar, there's only four things you can do with it. You can spend it, save it, invest it or give it away. Right. And so but your philosophy is the order in which you think about that. Right. And so if you think money is the, you know, I don't have time Sean, to be politically correct. Poor people think money is to spend. This is, this is your perspective. It's not a mouth of money. It's about your your perspective. 
Money, you get money. My job of money is to pay bills or to spend it, right? So if you think that way, you're going to be broke all your life. And uh, I know we were start off this hard, but come <laughs> out the <laughs> here game. Here we are. Right, here we okay. go, right? right here. And uh, if you and and so middle income people think money. Their perception is I want good credit, and I want to pay my bills on time so I can have good credit, so I can buy things, cars, things I can't afford, and then we use debt to supplement lifestyle, right? But debt, bad debt, is spending money you have not yet earned, and then. What wealthy people, when they get money, and it's not, and they don't do this because they're wealthy. See, this is the thing, you you know, because people are hating on money. Money is a green paper you exchange for goods and services, and you have to have the right thought process going in your mind. If that's the big secret, right? And it's you see money as a tool to, so you save it, then you invest it. So what you want to do, and this is work, right? You got to think about how can I put my money back out to make and bring back more money before I spend it. And it's just that little slight carb rate adjustment is the difference. So would you say then, I mean, I, I think what I'm hearing is our thinking around money, our kind of mentality around money, that maybe that's what gets in the way of us becoming financially free more so than the amount of money we have, because we could have a smaller amount of money, but still utilize it in a quote unquote wealthy way and that could produce more money and vice versa we could have a lot of money and and not spend it or save it or invest it wisely and uh not be financially free yeah one thousand <laughs> percent yes absolutely That's i love exactly that so i talking about saving money uh you know saving money is a real goal for so many of us and for a lot of us we've tried it maybe it's worked for a while and then something happens or we just stop saving money for whatever reason are there ways to set realistic saving goals but then also follow it up with accountability yes so saving so let's let's talk about saving. So because a lot of people think, well, I'm putting on my 401k and I'm saving. That is not saving. OK, so so we're clear. And because uh, a lot of people have the uh, you've been taught that's been saving by the financial institutions, but that's not saving savings. Let me define it. Safe, liquid, accessible, guaranteed. OK, you so you can't lose money. And so that's so let's define savings. Now, savings has got to be automatic and systematic you're not going to do it see so you know that whole willpower thing that's not going to work so what you got to do is you've got to you've got to decide how much of your Tony Robbins said it great and what best and well, not best but it was a really good definition you got to the first decision you have to make is how much of your money that you work for that you get to keep Right. Or in Richest Man in Babylon, which is one of my favorite books, is part of all you earn is yours to keep. That's a philosophy. Okay. And so now tactically, what we do with clients, we call it a wealth coordination account, or you call it a wealth capture account. You have to automate it. So for example, if somebody was making uh, let's just say seventy-five thousand dollars a year. So our goal for people, our first principle is to save fifteen percent or more of your gross income. Okay. So that would be $11,250 a year. So if you divide that by 26, that's $432 a pay. So now here is the, here is the work. You set up account, you label it. You know, here's my wealth capture account. 
And then you go to HR and I want you to take $432 out of every pay that will go into this wealth coordination account. I want to be a checking account, not a saving because it's not going to stay there. But what you've got to do is make yourself pay. That's what it means to pay yourself first. You've got to treat yourself as a bill. And before anybody gets paid, you got to get paid. So then what are you doing with that savings in that account once you have that system kind of automated? Well, it depends. There's different levels of it. So the first, so one of the other principles we teach is liquidity. So a lot of people think, oh, I got $3,000. Can I start investing? No, that is, you don't have any money. Okay. And so (laughs) I'm going to step on some toes, but you need, uh, (laughs) the first goal is 90 days of your income. Now, I teach a strategy. So there's principles. I teach five principles. Principles drive strategy. Strategy drive tactics. So a strategy I teach, and we'll, we'll go into it later if you want to get into it, is called becoming your own banker. So and the tactic is we have a specific place where we have our clients store their cash. But initially, I just need you to. Um, and so some of the money in the wealth capture account flows into this vehicle. where We teach them how to be their own bank. But the goal, just principally, is six to 12 months of liquidity of your income, okay, Okay. in cash. So some of that, you know, like two weeks in the house, like in your mattress or wherever, you know, to cover it, right? Because, you know, there are situations where, uh, you know, in Texas last year, they had, or is it this year? Was it only this year? Where the power was out, they weren't used to cold weather. Right. And so if you don't have cat, if the power's out, you can't go to ATM. You can't, um, you can't go to uh, up here. We have Wawa. I'm say seven 11 or, or, you know, the store because the, the, the cash registers don't work. Right. So you need cash to do business. So I want a couple of weeks of cash that you keep with you. Okay. Then I want a month or two in the bank. I call it ATM money. And then your serious money then we move on. One of the things I teach is, is to properly structure dividend paying whole life is a superior place to store cash. That's a whole hour in itself. But that's where we store our cash. Now, because you most people are taught to invest, which is send put money at risk and send it away from them, you need to capitalize, right? So that when opportunities present themselves, you have money to really make some, you know, and if you have money, opportunities will find you. But the first thing is, you know, the pandemic has proven the need for liquidity. So what was supposed to be two weeks, let's flatten the curve. We're, we're over a year, going on two years with that. Right. Right. And so liquid cash is king. So you need now everything over 90 days. Then I want you to think of yourself as a little hedge fund. And I want you to be looking for cash machines, businesses, real estate. You know, you have to put the money to work. We teach velocity. See, most people, the other problem is. Let me stay on that thought, first of all, because I was about to drift off into another topic. So let's stay on the savings. So what do you do? You you look for after about 90 days, then you're looking for ways to buy assets, right? What is an asset? Something that puts money in your pocket. And so real estate, a business. I've got people that got four or five cars on Toro. You know, so you're looking for ways to put your money to work. But the emphasis is on cash flow, not on accumulation, buy and hold, dollar cost averaging, you know, all that stuff that 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 you've been taught to focus on. I, we disagree with all that because that's not how people get rich. If that's your goal, if that's your goal, you know, don't worry, don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I love. Uh, I want to dive a little bit into this the, the velocity of money because it's, okay. it's a principle I believe in uh, myself a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and it's how I've seen people get wealthy over the years. So, if I'm looking for these cash uh, generating, cash flow generating opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, whether I'm like in my 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever age demographic I'm in, how do I evaluate what is the right opportunity or right fit for me? That's a good question because investing is personal. Only thing, you know, if you read, um, I tell you, and two books, if you guys want to go deeper on velocity, right, is I always, you know, I'm a big Rich Dad fan, right? And the third book, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing, and then the fourth book, who took my money? It's all about velocity of money. Okay. Um, and Laurel Lamar Lamar is both the millionaire maker. Just throw out some some uh reference uh Love you know, it, yes. yeah, reference. And so, you know, velocity is a is a is a is a concept, an economic concept, which is the movement of money. And so we've been taught to keep our money stagnant. So let's Shauna, let's so what are the things that we teach? Investing is not about buying something. It's about becoming something. Mm, I like that. Okay. And so we are always looking because we've been trained to look for easy and we're busy and we don't, we don't really want to think, well, that's a problem. Okay. Because you have to reach, because when we, I talk to clients about this four asset classes, right? There's business, there's real estate, there's paper, and there's to a lesser extent, well, it's not a lesser extent, but for most people, uh, that's not really won't be anywhere near there. What is called commodities, you know, oil and gas. I, I'm sure trying to be if it's crypto is is a commodity or a paper asset. Uh, probably a little bit of both. Um, I view it more as a speculative asset. So people think, well, I invest in Bitcoin. Okay, I don't. I'm gonna give you my definition of investing in a minute. And um, but what you want to do is you have to research it. So you have to capitalize. Then you have to look for things. What makes sense to you? What do you like? What is your expertise? Because one, uh, what I teach people, their number one asset is them, right? So what do you invest in? Your mindset, you know, your expertise, your skill set, what you know how to do, because specialized knowledge is what makes money, okay? And your network, who do you know, who knows you? And then our three rules of investing is investing what you know, right? So what do you, well, how do I do with my capital curtis? Well, what do you know, okay? Or what are you willing to learn about? What, you know, what can you influence the outcome of? See, I can't influence the performance of a mutual fund. Only thing I can do is put more money in and hope the market goes up. Well, hope ain't a good strategy. <laughs> Crossing your fingers doesn't right, always right. work, that right? Doesn't <laughs> help me, right? And, uh, which is what 90% of the people in the United States do, right? And, um, uh, you know, so you want to look for things that you like, you know, and you know, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be, I always tell, you know, Jim Rohn says profits are better than wages. So when I explain to the kids, I said, look, wages make you a living, profits make you a fortune. And they'll say, well, what's a profit? I said, well, you see the people that sell, I'm from Philly, right? So the water on the street or during the summer, people come to basketball courts, you know, I still, even at my advantage, they still think I'm a ball player. I am a little ball player. <laughs> and, um, but what they'll do is they'll, I know a guy that comes and plays, he has a case of, uh, gets a cooler gets a case of water. A case of water is like four or five dollars, right? It's 24 in a case. You sell each one for a dollar, it's 24 dollars. You take out your four to get another case. That's profit. That's a business right there, right? And he sells like water for a dollar, Gatorade for two dollars. That's that's velocity. 
right? Mm-hmm. And then that's an enterprise. It's it's not much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And and um and then you invest in what you and stop chasing returns. So those are the three rules: invest your expertise, invest in what you can control or influence the performance or outcome of, and stop chasing returns. See, most people are chasing last year's return. I used to do a lot of mutual funds earlier in my career, and, and we used to call it rear view mirror investing. Most people are chasing, you know, Money Magazine will come out with, here are the top, you know, 50 funds or whatever. And, but that was last year. Okay. <laughs> and um, so now you move all your money to that one and it's down and you're always just like a jog tasting or tail. They're always chasing last year's winners. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. 
Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Mm, interesting. Okay, so so the better way to do it is to you know, create this cash generating machine, whatever that is, or Mm -hmm. what, you know, your job, your earnings, whatever that is, you kind of create your own wealth bucket, as you've talked about, Mm -hmm. and then find ways to take that money and, and just make that money grow. And it could be something small, it doesn't have to be huge things. But what you're talking about is thinking outside of the box of what we're just sort of um, almost like automatically trained to do, which is just we automatically put our money in, mutual funds or whatever that might be. And we just kind of sit back and cross our fingers and hope that wealth accumulates. Yeah. And so accumulation in of itself is a bad idea. Okay. And so think about this. Here's the four rules that govern financial institute, all financial institutions advice. Okay. And so Shauna, role play with me. So let's say you're used to start your own Vanguard or your own bank financial institution, right? And you're trying to, your number one goal is what? To convince me to put my money in your institution. Yes. Right? How often do you want it? All the time. All the time, like every pay, right? Yes. How long do you want me to leave it there? Forever. Forever, right? And so you want me to leave there as long as possible and you never want me to get it out, do you? Never. So now that's the goal of any, any there's no glory in any financial product because understanding that's their goal. And is the is to uh, and their goal is assets under management. Now, something wrong with that. You just need to know the game that they're playing. Right. Because your goal or and our listeners goal is what uh, hopefully is to be financially free. Yes. Which is passive income greater than expenses. So if you've got institutions, you said the goal is for you to never get your money. <laughs> <laughs> Think about right. that. Right. You, you know, y'all are, you've got, you know, y'all are not on the same page. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, but and everything. So now here's the question. So if that's not good for you, how do they get you to do what they want you to do? Mm, they keep the sucking me back in. Right. Right. And, and so there's a, there's basically financial indoctrination. So when you watch the news, most of the, what I call the middle class, uh, what is considered mainstream financial stuff? It's buy and hold. It's what I call the accumulation theory: buy and hold, dollar cost average, get out of debt, buy term investor difference. You know, uh, 
you're in it for the long haul, get a diversified portfolio of mutual funds. That's the language that you hear. Okay. And it seems reasonable, but if you look at what institutions do, we call this the velocity method. They don't do any of that stuff. Hmm. Okay. They would never, would would an institution, would a business, would Buffett, would they ever put money in an account that they can't touch for 30 years that they have no control over? Never. Never. Okay. Well, why would we do that? Because we've been brainwashed to do that. Oh, you're not smart enough. You don't have the time to train your, your, to manage your own money. So give us, give it to us. You know, here's your number. You know, let's get this big pool of money that's worked for 35 years so you can retire man-made concept okay that's not a thing okay and um okay and uh you know so you're gonna put this money where you can get this big pile of money i call it going up the mountain and you've got this big pile and then you're going to live off that money for the next 30 35 years and hopefully it's going to be enough and hopefully it goes so baby boomers number one fear on this the millennial money show is running out of money right and so that in now let's make it's worse than that right with a fluctuating stock market with a dollar that the value of that dollar goes down every day. Right. Think about that. Right. So you see a million dollars. Oh, I need a million dollars, which is not enough, by the way, because if you get 4%, you make 80,000, you got a million dollars. That's like $40,000 a year. You already got to cut your cost of living 50%. Right. Right. And you can't really even safely say you can get 4%. All right. And um, on, you know, on the distribution, but that's what, you know, the powers that be will tell you that you can do. That's like standard, hey, 4% distribution rate. But the problem is what, well, inflation. So think about this, because of inflation, your dollar will never be worth more than it is today. Yeah. Which is a scary thought. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so let's hit another thing. Since obviously once you have that understanding, then why would you, because this is what a lot of your people think about, why would you pay, try to pay your house off early? Why would you try to pay double down on your student loans? Mm, right. Okay. Because does getting out of debt make you wealthy? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So it just brings you up to zero. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Let's, I want to dive in that a little okay, bit because that is definitely you, the the fire movement, the whatever, you know, there's yes. a lot of money experts out there that yes. talk about no debt, pay everything off. And I'm of the camp where I believe that just what you said, that that doesn't get you closer to wealthy. It gets you debt free. Yes, it gets you to zero. But then what from there? So h- how do we how do we even sort of change that form of thought in our head to really understand that concept or really understand what you're talking about. Yeah. You got to know how much, see, so once you, you know, some of this, you, you know, generally say economics is major, right? So we don't understand economics, right? And we don't understand our monetary policy. I just went deep on somebody, but you know, their goal is to, is to uh, create inflation, right? So inflation is not rising price. Most people don't understand. So you got to follow the bouncing ball. So let me go here. I'm going to nerd out for 30 seconds on economics, right? The <laughs> So e- inflation is not rising prices. The true definite, you say change the definition of things, right? So inflation is an increase in the money supply. So when you hear quantitative easing or like uh, uh, we're printing money, you hear that language and all this money is printed. Well, more money 
debases the currency that already exists, right? So it has less purchasing power. So what your so gas is up like 100% over last year. Well, you printed all this daggone money. So the money is you've got more money chasing fewer goods, so the prices go up. So my you know, inflation, price inflation is a result of monetary inflation. Okay. So now just take that back. So and our dollar is debt, right? We have Federal Reserve notes. So you're literally saving debt. So now if you um if you how much did gas cost? I know you might you relatively young. How much did gas cost when you graduated high school? I don't remember, but I would have to say it was somewhere around two bucks. Mm-hmm. Doing yeah. some change. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I remember it was Georgia, 80 cents. So we were right. always, it was always more expensive. Right. But it was 80 cents, 50%. I remember we drove the floor, it was like a 55 cent a gallon. But you look at the same dollar bill, but it doesn't buy as much, does it? And yeah. see, so now if you look at your, you've got a fixed payment, let's say with a mortgage and, 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 uh, and uh, uh, what's it, student loans, right? So your income is going up, but the payment is fixed, right? And you've got a dollar that is worth less. So why not? Wouldn't it be prudent to use your more valuable today dollars to focus on creating more revenue than to giving your money away? Because, you know, the financial institutions understand rule number one also that your money will never be worth more than today. So why do you think they give you a lower rate on a 15 year mortgage than 30? Right. Right. Because people yeah. say, well, uh, you know, 30 year mortgage. I have this guy on Clubhouse like I was a mortgage cancellation guy. And uh, I'm like, I'm not with that program because he's like, well, you're going to pay for your house three times over and you're going to give all this money away. Yeah. But if the banks know that and they would they would want you to keep the mortgage 30 years, but they'll give you a lower rate for a 15 year mortgage. Because guess what? They want velocity. They want their money back faster because when you give it all you're doing is giving them creating velocity for them, when the money comes in, they just loan it back out. So if you're thinking what I call on the offense, that's what you've got to do, but you've got to learn how to, it goes back to becoming, right? Because you don't know anything to do with the money. So you're like, well, I might as well pay the house off. Or you're just, I'm, I'm working, I'm going to max out my 401k. And you're not thinking. So you've put your brain to sleep and you don't even think about creating more money, more cash flow. Right. And so and all we're doing is, OK, it sounds good, but we're just giving our see if you give it first rule of wealth is pay yourself first. So if you say, well, I'm going to send extra money to the mortgage or I'm going to double down on my student loans so I can get rid of this debt. What, what you've done is you've given away your working capital to work your way to zero instead yeah. of letting inflation destroy the debt for you. Interesting. Yeah. OK. It takes takes a little mind bender. I like it. Yeah. So are, is there a certain debt like credit card debt or maybe some other loans that are prudent and worthwhile to pay off? Yeah. So I like the, so what you want to do is it's, so there's good debt and bad debt, right? I know you believe that, right? And so let's talk about that first and I'll go in. So good debt, if you're not paying it back, like if you buy a duplex or you were, you know, buying an asset, it's not debt, it's leverage. Okay. And you're using uh, other people's money to buy a real thing that's bringing you back cash flow. Okay. Now with the credit cards. So if you separate them out, what I like is like, if you send extra payment money on a car payment or a student loan payment on a, on a mortgage, does the payment change? No, no. 
So your cash flow, so you're 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 giving away your money. Whereas if you pay it on a credit card debt, does the payment change? Yes. Yeah, the payment goes down. So you're improving your cash flow. Right. Okay. And it's expensive debt. So if you if it doesn't, you know, lines of credit, like if it doesn't improve your cash flow, let's say you want to pay the car off. So we'll show people how to use our banking strategy. And let's say your car balance is ten thousand. Well, we'd rather have people save up the ten. And then pay it all off all at once and then bring those payments back to themselves. Okay. And, and you know, borrow, use their, their savings as collateral, pay it off, and then take that $300 car payment and pay it back to you. But if it doesn't improve your cash flow, it is not the highest, best use of your money because you're, yes, you're paying the car off earlier, but you're giving up your cash flow. Because, see, what people don't, it's a couple things. Oh, Sean, so much stuff. It's it's um <laughs> people don't understand opportunity cost, right? You finance everything you buy because you either pay interest to somebody else or you're giving up interest you could be earning. So when you mm-hmm. pay cash for stuff, Dave says, Well, pay cash for everything. That's so in 2022, that's not the best advice because it's not, and so in, in the middle income world, they don't take uh, uh they don't really teach opportunity cost because if you go right, you give up the opportunity to go left, right? And so if you're, uh, let's say you're an account that's making 4%, 3-4%, and then you withdraw it, you're not making that money anymore, all right? And so even if you put it in a, in a property, the, the rate of return on equity is zero, right? So there's ways to kind of have your cake and eat it too, but you've got to understand that that's a that's a whole talking yourself opportunity cost. But look up opportunity cost, guys. you got to... You've got to recognize that because that's a real cost. Like if you if you're there's something they teach called the rule of 72. So let's say you're earning um, at six percent. You divide your rate in 72. It tells you how long it takes your money to double. So six goes into 72 12 times. Right. So if you got ten thousand dollars in 12 years, it'll be worth 20 and 12 more years to 20 will be worth 40. OK. But if you spend the twelve thousand uh, dollars, the ten thousand dollars, I'm sorry. Do you get the doubling? No. No. But it's still working. It's just working for the person you transferred your wealth to. Mm, right. So it still works. See, just because you don't see it, it's still happening in your life. And so it's those daily decisions that you make and how you manage your cash flow and your philosophy and understanding economics and opportunity cost. Those are the the the, the things that you gotta kind of be more intentional about paying attention to and how you spend your money. Most wealth is lost by how people manage cash flow. So really is at the point, most people don't budget. I don't like budgeting per se. We teach something called um, cash flow mapping where we, we we have a tagline, tell your money where to go instead of asking where it went. Yes. <laughs> and, I'm a firm believer in that. I love that. Yeah, you can't, you know, because budgeting is like looking, driving your car, looking through uh, the rear view mirror. Exactly. Right. And I want you to look through the windshield. So I want you to forecast and like I'm going to put 15, you know, so we say, look, just uh, create three accounts. You've got uh, your wealth capture. So you're going to take 15 percent off the top. Then we're going to you got fixed bills. You're going to create a fixed account. And then what's left over is your variable money. So I tell people, look, you don't need to micromanage and pull your hair out. And, you know, oh, I spent 8 percent on lunch this month. What? Stop. You know. Just uh, all you need to do is look, if you can save 15, 20 percent of your income, Curtis don't care what you do the rest of it. <laughs> OK, and uh, now you got to take that 15, 20 percent and use it to make more money. Don't be stupid. 
but you know it's it's really about can i progress you know what goals are you setting we, we, all right you hear that I just yeah. trash truck on the okay sorry and um, okay. it's trash day here in philly and and uh so you know that kind of stuff is it's kind of looking forward being intentional about how you spend money being intentional about what you deploy your capital into and um that's the difference but see it's it's that sounds like work doesn't it sean yes right <laughs> people don't want to work i had a cousin i had a cousin tell me she goes you know i was showing her her sister's like a big client of mine and um they have like a construction company and you know 40 or 50 units her sister's big you know as a teacher and you know i was telling her about what what i was doing with her sister she says, oh, you know because that's too much work i just want to kind of work and you know max out my uh my 401k, 401k. Right. right i was like all right you're good you're not a good client for me because <laughs> you know i can't help you if that's all you want to do right so you have you have choice in this right you have a choice in 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 the wealth creation because i think so often we just think oh however much money we make like that is the determinant factor of how quote unquote wealthy we'll be but yeah. we also have a sizable very sizable choice no matter how much money we make yes what did what do you do with it when it hits your personal economy that's it's not so much the money it's it's not what you earn is what you keep right and how hard it works for you and then it's you know we, I always tell you, you can't control the economy at large, but you can control your personal economy, which is your production and consumption as a family, right? And so you've got to control what you can control. And it starts there, like understanding that you, you're not just, uh, you know, you're not just determined by the what blows and there's COVID and there's this and that, and I just got to take it. And you know, I need uh, uh, some president in charge to come fix my life. No. Okay, that that's, you know, you are the captain of your ship. And it doesn't matter what's going on. It matters what you do. And so uh, I, I quote Jim Rome a lot. You know, it's not, he says, the winds of adversity blows on us all. But the difference is how you set your sail. And so what we've got to do is learn how to set a better sail. So if you could go back, I mean, we've talked about so much, but if you could go back to your younger self mm -hmm. and share what you think maybe two or three kind of most important steps that you think to think about becoming financially free this way, um, living your best life, like what would those be? Uh, one would be that, because uh, I was in business, so I grew up, you know, I was blessed. My family's always been uh, self-employed. So I never got that go to school, get a good job talk. So that I did start out right, but I didn't understand marketing. Like, you know, and if I'd have really understood direct response marketing at 20, I would have made more money faster. Okay. If I, uh, I thought like a hundred grand was a lot of money and it's really not if you're trying to run a business. And so my, concept of of you know i need to make money faster well where does money come from money comes from solving problems in the marketplace so i would have looked for uh a market that i could serve that i could generate a lot of results for them that in turn would make me more money so i didn't understand any of that stuff i was just running around selling you know trying to you know talk about uh i started in financial services at 20 right so i i was just trying to talk to anybody that would listen. Okay. 
And uh, so I would have uh, discovered um, uh, permanent life insurance earlier. I started out in something called bi-term investor difference movement, and I thought whole life was the devil. Now I'm, I'm took me to a four year to figure out this banking thing, and I'm pissed that I didn't understand it, you know, for a long time, you know, because I was like a Dave Ramsey on steroids when I first got into the business for the first <laughs> eight, 10 years. I was That's that guy. Scary visual. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like, you know, better looking, but no. You, of course. Yes. And cooler. Much cooler. But the, the, but I was eval, because I thought I was doing the right thing. I was evangelical. Why are you people, oh, you know, it's the rain, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the leaf people going up and down the street, like, what are you doing? Ah, uh, yes. Their timing is always magnificent. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's that. It's, um, you know, work smarter, being more intentional about attracting people, not chasing people around. I would have, uh, uh, I taught it, but I didn't do it. Like I thought paying yourself first meant uh, I would fund like my SEP IRA, you know, and I would put money in mutual funds. But the problem is that wasn't liquid. So if I had to slow down our business, I could get the money, but I'm always what I call drain the tank. I'm selling the shares. And I'm starting over. So I was on that put and take thing. And I would have put money somewhere where I could access it without liquidating it. And right. a lot of people don't know there's an opportunity to do that. Um, and I would uh, I would try to get around. I was I, I was always trying to, but I say there's different levels. I, I always believed in the power of association. And I would have gotten myself into other groups with people with bigger brains than me earlier. Mm, I like that. Wow. Well, I mean, we could talk for hours. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is phenomenal. I, I love that you're sharing all this and hopefully somebody listening, this is at least cracking open, open, maybe like a, you know, a little small window in the head of just thinking about money and wealth a little bit different. So tell everyone listening, uh, you host a great podcast, the practical wealth show, you're the owner of Practical Wealth Advisors. Tell everyone where they could go to connect with you, uh, to hear more about you. Uh, you know, if they're interested in becoming a client, tell us a little bit more about how we how we get to you. Right. So if you want to hear more of the madness that is Curtis that you've heard thus far, uh, I would start with the podcast and you know, check out check out the show. A lot of people start, they might start binge listening, right? And then they go to our website. Uh, practicalwealthadvisors.com and they just, you know, click a button uh, says apply to work with Curtis and we can schedule uh, a time to talk. One of the things that probably by the time the show comes out next in the new year, I'm going to start like five day challenges. I'm kind of organizing them now and, and more group coaching. So when you get to our stuff, you'll probably start to see that stuff uh, come out. And then also YouTube is a good place to, if you just want to like some of the stuff that we've talked about, I'll have visuals of those on YouTube where I'll do little, you know, anywhere from eight to 25 minute videos just talking about, you know, the three types of insurance, why the truth about qualified plans, for example, and, um, you know, how they work and why I'm not past the match, not a huge fan of them. Uh, I mean, that's where most common advice, traditional advice will lead you towards. Um, and so that that's it. So listen to the show. Uh, I also, um, wait a minute, I had this thing, I can't remember what it is now. The, um, hold on, I have a, a, a book, not a book, a, a report called The Value of Liquidity. I'm big on having access to capital. And if uh, your listeners want to get that report, if they text be the bank 
all one word, B-E-T-H-E-B-A-N-K, to 55444. We'll send them into probably about a 12-page report, but it really talks about the velocity over accumulation and what that that means. And I think that that's a, a lot. You don't really get that conversation a lot. And so I'm at the core, Sean, I'm a financial educator. But to educate, the root word of educate is a do say, which means to draw out. So I don't try to stuff a bunch of facts in. It's like, you you know, I'm going to, you're going to know, it's your money. It's not Curtis's money, right? So I'm the guide. So if you, if you like that, if you're willing to work and read some books, because I'm going to give you homework, but you'll be smarter and you'll be more in control of your money. That's my goal is to empower people in the conversation of their money and stop ab- ab- abdicating your power. Was I right? <laughs> I think Curtis's energy and enthusiasm is so infectious and his knowledge and skill is second to none. He's been doing this for a very long time. So he has figured out what I believe is is the wealth formula. And what I love is that Curtis is committed to helping you see beyond the real traditional rules of finance and look at everything through a completely different lens. I believe that that is what creates true wealth. So I'm so happy that Curtis also shared that with you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, do me the highest favor and share it with friends and family members, anyone who you think is on that path to financial freedom. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as our amazing sponsors who make this podcast possible. I'll see you right back here in a few days for a brand new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.